Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Marie-Pierre, and for all my English friends out there, you can call me Marie. I am a registered dietitian with a background in psychology. My passion in life is to help individuals heal their relationship with food and their bodies. If you're tired of dieting and tired of restriction, you are at the right place. I'm hoping that this podcast will help and support you as you heal your own relationship with food and your body and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge that you need to finally ditch the diets. Every week, you will be hearing from guest experts and myself on all things food, body, and mind. I am so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to support you on your journey. Let's get started. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I hope that you are doing so great today. I'm so pumped that you are here with me listening to this podcast episode, and I hope that you are overall doing well. I definitely have been feeling like my capacity in the last few weeks has been a little bit on the lower end. Um, there's been a lot of stuff happening behind the scene. As you may have seen, we're launching an eating disorder program or doing our another cohort of our program, and we've updated everything. And we're so, so excited to be able to do that. And it's been a lot of work behind the scenes. So I felt like showing up and creating content in the last few weeks hasn't felt as aligned but I'm really pumped to be able to share this podcast episode with you. So today we're talking about hormones and hormonal health and hormonal imbalances, especially in in relation to when we are maybe under eating, disordered eating, eating disorders. A lot of us, including myself, have had some kinds of disordered eating in the past, right? Maybe some kinds of restriction, not meeting your body's needs. And we really wanted to talk about the impact of hormones. Um, I think it's something that we hear a lot now in wellness culture, like the whole thing around hormonal balance and eating in a way to balance your hormones. And we thought it'd be a really cool episode to bring out to you guys. Um, but I also realized that there may be a lot more questions around hormones. So if you do, I'd love to hear from you in my latest Instagram post where I talk about the podcast. And today we have Helena with us, who is a licensed dietitian and nutritionist who's really dedicated to helping people rediscover health with their relationship with food and their body. She has a lot of experience with eating disorder as well as functional health. So Helena mixes her love for functional nutrition with eating disorder to really help and support people finding their balance. I'm really pumped to have her on the podcast to talk about hormonal health. And I hope that you guys will enjoy this episode. And if you do, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Balance Dietitian Podcast. I'm so pumped that you are here with us today. Thank you for taking the time. Today, I have a really fun conversation that I know a lot of you will really, really enjoy. So I'm really pumped that we have Helena here on the podcast. Hello, hello. Hi, I'm super excited to be here and get to talk about a fun topic of mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm really pumped that you are here too. Today, we're diving in into hormones. And I think that's a, a question that I have quite often, especially when it relates to maybe previous disordered eating or eating disorders. And just in general, I think hormones, I think in US, you guys are a little bit more advanced than we are here in Canada when it comes to hormone health. Um, 
So there's a lot of questions around it. So I'm really happy that we're going to get to dive a little bit more into it. Um, but before we do, would you mind telling us a little bit more about you, who you are, what you do, and what got you to do the work that you do today? Yeah, of course. So obviously, my name is Helena. I'm, I'm um, a licensed dietitian for practice out in Northern Virginia. And I actually, crazy enough, started into the field um, with a functional medicine interest. So I kind of came in with a very huge contrast of what I do now, which is eating disorders. Um, and through an internship opportunity, I started working with a higher level of care PHP program in my city. And once you learn intuitive eating, it's like, you can't go back. Yeah, <laughs> once you learn, yeah. It's so, it's so challenging to look at nutrition any other way. Um, then, you know, when you connect nutrition to your body. So through that, I, used a lot of kind of the concepts that I learned through that internship. I used some of the um, medical concepts that I used through the functional medicine side and formed my own way to practice of, of addressing some of the disordered eating um, concerns, some of the, the, the ideologies that are around disordered eating, and then also being able to help clients who are struggling with comorbid conditions like type 2, type two or type 1 diabetes, Crohn's, CFS, PCOS. Um, things like that and find a really homeostatic balance between the two. So I've definitely been fortunate to see both sides and meld them together. And I like to think of a seamless way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I love that so much, right? Because I feel like eating disorders don't live in silos. Like it's oftentimes mm -hmm. that folks have many different layers and your ability to be able to support that is really, really awesome. I'm super curious, like why were you interested in like functional nutrition and getting into nutrition? So the functional side came from, you know, understanding how nutrition can be a therapy in it of itself of addressing pretty chronic conditions. Um, I kind of got really interested in seeing how nutrition can help cancer patients of how do we address some of the symptoms that some of these cancer patients are feeling, whether it be nausea, um, lack of appetite with nutrition, and even preventing some of the clients from having to go through different interventions such as radiation or um, chemotherapy. So that's kind of where I wanted to really dive into the functional side and look finite at the micronutrient components of certain foods. How do we look at um, quality of different spices, look at quality of different nutrients to really address some of, some of those concerns. And that's where I gravitated towards. And of course, some of, some of those, some of that shifted when I, looked at eating disorders and, and the haze movement of, you know, why can't it be both? Why can't we help clients who are experiencing some of these more chronic conditions and also have a disordered view on nutrition, right? So mm -hmm. that's where I started to build that balance of, you know, I want to be able to utilize both. I don't think that nutrition should ever be one-sided because it's, it's composed of some, so many different facets of our life so many different facets of our, of our body. Um, and that's where I am now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the way that you explain it. Cause I think there's a lot of misconception of like, you, you know, when you're anti-diet, when you recover, when you heal your relationship with food that like, you don't necessarily care about food anymore. And it's kind of a free for all. And that like nutrition value doesn't matter anymore. And I think that's like a really big misconception that maybe gets a lot of people to stay stuck. because they're like, Oh, but health is still a pretty high value for me. So how do I combine the two of them so I, I really like that like we call it here like when I, with my program like health outside of diet culture like what is mm -hmm. this piece of like 
connecting the two of what's important to you and, you know, engaging in different things that can be health promoting without falling into the obsessiveness of um, diet culture. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a huge need for, you know, gentle nutrition of wanting to have the fruit with your breakfast, not because, you know, it's quote unquote healthy, but because you enjoy it and and it feels good when you have a, you know, a fruit with your breakfast or or what have you. Um, And, and, you know, vice versa of of a meal that might give you comfort. Right. So Definitely very interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. And thank you for sharing with us. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about hormones. So before we talk about hormones and hormone balance, I'd love to us go to like very like macro and just talk about like what's a hormone. I think it's a yeah. something that we like hear here and there, and we may not actually understand what it truly is. So could you just give us like an overview? Like, what's a hormone? What are the roles of hormones in our body? Absolutely. So a hormone imbalance can consist of a multitude of things because hormones in and of themselves are essentially your body's chemical messengers, like little army men. Um, and they're primarily produced in the endocrine gland of the body. And they have very powerful chemicals that travel around your bloodstream, acknowledging and telling tissues and organs essentially what to do. Um, so you can imagine that if we have just the slightest dysregulation, how those messengers can cause a little bit of havoc. Um, and, and in many cases, they help control your body's, you know, metabolism, reproduction, temperature regulation, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have too much or too little, your whole body in and of itself is influenced at some capacity. If you think of it as baking a cake, right? If you put too much sugar or too little sugar, the entire re- entire recipe changes. Um, so kind of that, that's the macro view of hormones here in and of itself of, of they're this crucial component of the body's homeostatic nature um, mm-hmm. that are definitely a necessity for life. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you break it down. That's how I typically like to explain to like messengers, like they're really like <laughs> going around our body, telling all the message. So if they got, it's almost like I, I like see it as like the telephone game. Like if they got the wrong message, then <laughs> we may not get the Absolutely. results that we want. Yeah. Um, So if we talk about hormone imbalance, like how does an imbalance happen? Is there specific hormones that are most sensitive to it? And like, who does it typically impact? Really any, any shift in your homeostatic state can cause an imbalance and this can be caused by several different things. So stress, um, fatigue, malnutrition, overexercise, age, environmental toxins, and, and so much more. However, it's not only the presence of these factors, it's the chronicness of these factors. So if an individual is chronically exposed to stress, the body's going to have a really hard time reacting. And unfortunately, some of those stress hormones are going to be overactive like cortisol and cause a really inflammatory state, making that beautiful homeostatic nature of the body really hard to achieve. Um, And the same can be seen with malnutrition, right? If you're under eating, Energy-wise, the body's not able to function at its optimal capacity. Or over-exercising, right? That stress factor that's there that's causing an overactive release of particular hormones that are causing that inflammatory state. So uh, there are so many different factors that can influence it, but it's not only the factors, it's the longevity component of how long is your body exposed to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be... It, could really be almost a puzzle of the different pieces that also interact with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could be age and X, Y, and Z or environment and X, Y, and Z. Um, and that's why 
finding your foundational connection with food is so important um, because nutrition definitely has an influence on how you support your hormones and metabolism and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to get a little bit more on the impact of like restriction on our hormones, but I have a couple of questions for you beforehand that just like popped. So would you say um, that it's normal to sometimes be out of balance, that the goal is not to like, you know, always be in balance, but sometimes, I mean, stress happens and you get like, you will be out balance, but we shouldn't like stress about that because our body has a lot of mechanism to kind of bring us back to neutral. Like, would you say that it is normal? in our life to kind of have some moments of imbalances? Absolutely. I mean, we can't all live in a bubble. (laughs) It's pretty unrealistic for us to think that we're going to live in a bubble and we're never going to be influenced or impacted by any factors. So um, absolutely. Imbalances are normal in in and of itself, kind of the normal, abnormal state. Yeah. However, it's how quickly and how well does your body respond to that? right? Kind of going back to, you know, if you're chronically exposed to malnutrition, the body's going to adapt at a certain capacity. However, if we keep pushing or we kind of keep shaking that Coke can, at some point it's going to burst, right? It's not going to able contain and control itself for as long as it might need to. Um, So, I mean, definitely you go down the street and and you're, you know, exposed to environmental toxins from the car, from, you know, maybe secondhand smoke, you know, what have you. Um, so absolutely those imbalances are happening all the time. Um, but you kind of have to trust that your body has the capability to regulate, right. At a, at a quick enough fashion, um, and prevent any type of symptoms, negative symptoms that might persist if you're exposed long-term. Yeah. And I, I love that you debunk that because I think a lot of like diet culture messages, like hormonal imbalance, like act now and do all of these things. And like, you should never have imbalance. And it doesn't really make sense, <laughs> you know? So it's like yep. getting back to the place of like, yeah, it does happen. But like, I think the key word is exactly like how long and how, or how fast can we get back to our state? And are we even being able to be aware when we are getting in those states? Right. I think a lot about stress, like if mm-hmm. stress is really high, like, do we have the awareness of like our, our nervous system and how we are and able to re- regulate again? Like, I think those are cues. Um, and my second question for you, before we get into more of the nutrition piece of things, um, I wonder, and this is like, I ask because I don't know. Um, and if you don't know, that's okay too. I'll do research and come back to the podcast later. But I wonder because like the gaps for like, um, what's normal in the average of hormones are, are kind of really big oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder like, what are your thoughts around that? Like when the average is so, so big or like the, um, I'm not saying it well. But the uh, what's normal? What is the the name? The ranges. The ranges, yeah. Like mm-hmm. the recommended ranges can be really, really big. Should people aim to kind of be in the middle? Is that because it's so different based on everyone? And you know, this is crazy because I was just talking to my colleague about this the other day. Of we get these lab results, and they, you know, quote unquote, are normal, right? Yeah. You're healthy. Everything is fine. Mm-hmm. However someone might still be experiencing certain symptoms and you're like, how can this be? You know, where is this coming from? And that's why, you know, I'd love to talk about this further. um, But this is where you have to sort of come back to nutrition is not one-sided. And therefore these ranges that have been put into place for a large population can't always be true for you and I, right. Or, or Jane down the street or Bob, you know, whomever, because, we have to be our best critic of ourselves, right? I know myself far better than, you know, my friend, my husband, my doctor, whomever. And that's 
the connection piece is also really crucial of if I'm not feeling well, right, something is wrong. My body's telling me something. I just have to be willing to listen. Um, so, you know, I don't know the science behind how true some of these ranges are, but I do understand at, at some capacity that these ranges are really taken to such a huge population. So I, you know, as a practitioner, I personally think it's unrealistic for us to say, even though we're within range, um, you know, if someone... I love to use um, hypothyroidism because that's a, that's a huge one that's kind of being challenged right now in science of as someone m- might be within the normal ranges of their thyroid production, however, st- still is experiencing dry skin, constipation, fatigue, you know, fluctuations in weight. So how can we still say that they're within normal ranges? Something has to be missing. And it may very well be, you know, maybe a change in medication or nutrition or moderating stress. Um, but we have to be our best critics in that of how can I recognize that in myself right yeah and thank you for answering that I asked from a space of um I just know a lot of folks and a lot of my clients who when they went to like general practitioners like everything was within range but again kind of like investigating because things kind of felt off and when they went to specialists it was like okay but like also (laughs) like yeah we can be in range and not necessarily um but I think it's also I think hormone hormonal science, I don't even know how to say, but research <laughs> on hormones is still pretty new. I think it there's is. still a lot for us to learn in terms of how we regulate it and what is normal for each person, you know, and like kind of breaking that apart a little bit. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But awesome. I'd love to talk maybe a little bit about like myths that we hear about hormones and like diet culture in the wellness world, and then how we can start like debunking a few of these. Yeah. So I think the biggest myth I've seen more recently is one of the symptoms that commonly persists with a dysregulation of hormones is weight fluctuation. Um, and when weight fluctuation goes in a direction that a client may not want, their immediate reaction is I have to change what I'm eating, right? So if, for instance, if a client has, you know, gained a certain amount of weight that they're uncomfortable with, I want to do X, Y, and Z to my nutrition to make sure that I stop that. However those big drastic changes to nutrition can have a profound impact on metabolism. And as as we know, with hormone dysregulation, metabolism already is taking a huge hit. And, and so this is, you know, this is no one's fault in and of itself. It's just, it's just media constantly telling us that nutrition has to be restricted right there, right then and there Mm -hmm. to help moderate that weight. And that's, that's not the case, right? If, if you, for instance, our bodies are brilliant machines, right? It goes back to kind of, we just have to be willing to listen, right? They're brilliant machines and they adapt rather quickly. Um, so if, if my energy produced is the same, right? I'm going to work, I'm learning, I'm walking the dog, I'm hanging out with friends, but my intake has now drastically decreased. My body's stress response is I'm going to change my metabolism to make sure I'm uncomfortable, right? And that meta- metabolic shift right, that has now decreased is going to increase my fatigue. It's going to exacerbate any type of symptoms that I might have um, had in the past. Um, it's going to definitely make it much harder for my hormones to regulate on their own. So that in of itself is, is kind of one of the, the hardest um, realities that I think a lot of clients face when I tell them of, no, we don't, we don't have to restrict. That's the opposite of what we want to do. Right. We want to focus on what we can add. What can we add to your nutrition to help you cope with some of these dysregulations? And, you know, again, thyroid just seems to be the easiest example for me. But, yeah. for, you know, for clients who do have hypothyroidism, iodine, vitamin D and selenium are like are the three things that I love to help clients 
um, get in their nutrition. Because once we start to see that shift with, with those, um, those micronutrients, many, many clients feel far better. Even if their weight does not fluctuate or change, you know, kind of the way that they want to, their symptoms dramatically improve. And this goes for the opposite, right? If, if someone is hyperthyroid, they're having a really, really hard time regulating their weight, right? Their metabolism is kind of on fire. It's going. And they may be praised for this, especially in our society, unfortunately, mm. right? They may be praised for this. So they're thinking, oh, this is awesome. But at the same time, they're, you know, if they're a female, they're definitely having some problems regulating their period. Their energy is all over the place. Um, they're going to get a lot of muscle fatigue. So, you know, why are we praising this? Why, why is that almost so common? It's expected. And so biggest myth absolutely is, is changing, restricting nutrition. That is the opposite of what we want to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is like the overall message for any subject ever we talk about. Restriction is like never the answer. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I feel like any podcast that we have, like just like baseline message, (laughs) restriction is like never the way we want to (laughs) go. It never is. (laughs) Our bodies flourish when we have energy. I just, I just baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. I know I am the same. Like when I think back at like my younger self and like just being so stuck in diet culture, I'm like, man, those messages are strong though when you're in there to restrict. But when you're on the other side, you're like, oh, poor body. Like, why did I do this to this body of mine? Like, ugh, we're yeah. so expensive to keep alive, you know? We need so much energy. So, ugh. hey, hey, everyone. I am just stopping this podcast episode to tell you all about the Food Freedom Club. If you haven't heard me talk about this club yet, oh my goodness, I am so excited to tell you about it. So the Food Freedom Club is our new membership that was designed by myself to help you reach a place of true food freedom, which means that we're being able to connect to our body, feel great around food, have a great relationship to it, and if we want to, engage in health behaviors that are health-promoting I'm so excited about this club because what we have decided to do is create a really accessible club. So we have a lower cost to this membership to really allow more people to be able to join us and get the best out of this anti-diet community. If you are ready to heal your relationship with food, or if you're in the process of it, and you just want to be part of a community where you belong, where you're really able to do this work and ask your questions to specialized health providers like myself please, please, please do yourself a favor and check out all of the information for this club because no joke, it is amazing. So on that note, my friend, I'm going to leave it in the show note or you can go to www.thebalancepractice.com forward slash membership and join today. But let's talk maybe a little bit more like nutrition rise and like eating disorder and disordered eating. So for folks who are maybe in that restrictive state who are chronic dieters, happening over a long period of time, like what hormones are at play when we are restricting and what actually happens to our body um, on the hormonal side? Absolutely. So um, if, if someone is struggling with an eating disorder, especially specifically at a younger age, they're really susceptible to um, having a hard time reaching puberty and growth, right? Developing because the energy needs are, are, have significantly decreased. So their body isn't able to go through puberty. So they might be experiencing amenorrhea, right? No period or anything along those lines. And secondly, something that's a little bit more drastic is bone health significantly decreases. And we know that osteopenia and osteoporosis is 
fairly irreversible. So, you know, those are probably the two most concerning things when someone is at a younger age that we want to be mindful of that hormones are take a really huge hit. Um, and this just goes back to kind of what I shared, um, shared with you guys before of hormones touch everything. At some point or another, our hormones touch every single piece and they thrive off of energy and they thrive off of fats. They thrive off of proteins and carbohydrates. And if those needs aren't met, the body doesn't like to be uncomfortable. It's going to slowly start to shut down. It's going to decrease its development because it doesn't want to. We're expensive. I love that word that you use. We are. It, it requires so much expense. Um, and, and back to thyroid, right? If, if we don't have enough energy, we have decreased thyroids, but then decreased metabolism and causes dry skin that a lot of clients feel or a cold intolerance that a lot of clients feel, um, all hugely impactful. And these symptoms happen rather quickly. Um, so it's, it's a really uncomfortable situation to be in physiologically. And lastly, stress. Right. If, if we're in this kind of this chronic stress situation where our body's trying to regulate itself, but it can't quick enough, we're releasing cortisol, we're releasing growth hormone and, and, and noradrenaline, which have a detrimental um, effect on mental health. So increased anxiety, increased depression, panic. And as we know, eating disorders already have such a huge impact on mental health when we're thinking about triggers, maybe trauma already settled anxiety that now we're just adding on to it, right? Kind of shaking that Coke can just a little bit more um, with all of these added needs that we have, but without the energy coming in. Um, so our physical state slowly, slowly, slowly starts to get even more agitated and it becomes that much harder to kind of come out or find your recovery in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the way that you explain that in all these different spheres that how it impacts everything. I often see that as like, you know, when um, we are restricting and your body's only thought is like survival and like what can go first. Like, and mm -hmm. I always think about like, you know, the, your organ functioning is going to be like the last thing, right? Like wanting to make sure that your heart, your lungs, like everything keeps working. And at one point it's almost like hormonal health is not that important for survival anymore when you're at that space. Yeah. So it's kind of like looking at like, yeah, like everything starts to kind of get off balance. Um, mm -hmm. if the folks who are hearing this and maybe like, it can feel distressing, I I'm assuming, and I know it was for me, like learning a lot of the impact of like, Oh, like what happened to my body? Does that, is it reversible? Like once we recover, once we start to renourish, once we start to meet our body's needs, like the, is it reversible in terms of like our hormonal balance? Is that something that is able to ever come back online? That's a really great question. And yes, that is obviously our goal is to be able to help individuals find their more homeostatic place metabolically, um, hormonally, etc. It definitely takes time, right? The amount of time that it took to kind of get to a rather detrimental place is going to take it's going to take some work to get back to that state. But the the one thing that really needs to happen first and foremost is connection and trust with your body, because if if going back to the ranges that you talked about, dietitians and therapists, they don't have numbers in front of them, right? We, we can't constantly keep getting labs. We don't have that concrete information, but we have the client in front of us to kind of guide us and tell us, hey, I'm feeling X and Y, right? But if we're losing that connection with oneself, it's really hard to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just yeah. going to take a beautiful treatment team, someone that you trust and time. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love, love that. Like it's the trust back in our body and like, how amazing is it that our body is able to, you know, recover from that and bounce back and be able to, uh, I hate bounce back, ew, scratch that, (laughs) not bounce back, but is able to recover and get back online and really support your recovery too. Like it's such an amazing thing that our body is able to do for us. Um, yeah. And I love that you've added time. Like <laughs> it does take time. Healing takes time. And like, I always see this. My grandma actually told me this when I was in recovery. She's like, you know, you can spend the time recovering or you can spend the time not to, but time will, will pass either way. And I was like, ah, oh, man, <laughs> you're so right. Like time will continue to pass. And then we just kind of decide if we're able to, you know, choose recovery and the healing path, like it's, um, yeah, it's a beautiful and long journey. It is. And and I love to use the analogy um, of like the two paths, right? The first path is a path you've taken before you feel comfortable, you know, where it leads, right? It's, it's that comfort piece where you might've been engaging the, in the disordered behavior because it gives you comfort. However, as practitioners, right. And as your recovery team, we're telling you to go this different path. And while that may seem scary, you have the power to take each step, right? You have the power to form the path in whichever way you want to, right? If you want to grow the roses or the peonies, I'm just using analogies here, you have that ability. Um, and that's and that's so powerful. And that comes back to that connection piece of trusting yourself again, um, which is absolutely beautiful. I love that metaphor with like building your path and like even choosing the flowers. I never thought about that, but yeah, it's like everything along your way. And I think it's like part of, you know, diet culture makes us feel like so disconnected from our body, but also we lose trust in ourselves. Like we start believing that without rules, without control, without all of these other things that we can't actually function or take care of ourselves. So mm-hmm. it's really cool when we get back to a place of like trusting and knowing that we are actually able to take care of us. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, the human mind is, is absolutely fascinating. We're competitive. We like to compartmentalize and, and, and we're envious. So if we see someone, you know, doing a trend and they have these fantastic results, right? Everything is glamorous. Our immediate reaction is I want to do the same. And this goes back once again, if nutrition is not one-sided, you're not seeing the full picture. You don't see what's happening on the opposite side. Um, but we're human. We, we like to see the things that are, you know, glamorous, easy and pretty and, and make sense of it. But that takes away from me, right? It takes away from that connection piece of it might not work for me, right? That might, that might not be the best path for me. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And I often feel like we're just an hour and then we're getting all off track, but we're not really taught how to trust ourselves. And even to like, that you have permission to choose that it's not for you. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like that's never something that I heard growing up that like, Hey, you get to choose, like, do you want to do this? It was almost more like, no, this is what we do. You know? (laughs) I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so is there anything else that you would like to leave the listeners around hormones, any things that you think that they should know or any tidbits for someone who may be struggling with hormonal imbalance? Absolutely. For any hormonal imbalance, I my number one tip would be to listen. Listen to yourself. Give yourself the space to recognize if something is wrong um, because we are subconsciously taught to disconnect with our own body, right? We're too busy. We don't have time. We shouldn't be doing this. We can't do this. And that's not true. We are made to connect with our bodies. We have signals that are very receptive to certain cues. We just have to give ourselves the time to trust. 
And with anyone who's experiencing hormonal imbalance, I definitely encourage you just to trust yourself. If something is wrong, what, what do you mean, right? If you need to speak to someone, if you need to talk to your PCP, um, if maybe you just need education, right? Give yourself that time because being uncomfortable, is, you don't have to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to be your normal. Yeah, oh, I love that. I feel like those are such like empowering words. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast and talking with us today. Could you let everybody know where they can find you, maybe work with you? Let us know uh, where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I'm in Northern Virginia. Um, our practice is called Enlightened Nutrition Counseling and Care. We have licensing for various different um, states in the area. Uh, my partner and I, we work with various different disordered eating, as well as any comorbid, comorbid conditions, as I already shared. Um, so you're welcome to kind of look us up on Google or Instagram or Facebook. Again, Enlightened Nutrition Counseling and Care. And we have a website as well. So that always happy to call. Awesome. Yeah. And that will be in the show notes as well, you guys. So if you are in those states or just want support, definitely go check it out. Um, And before we end today, we're going to go ahead with our fun questions. Um, And the first question being, what is your favorite food? My favorite food is absolutely pizza. I think it's one of those things that you can add whatever you want and it's totally fine. (laughs) I love it. Okay. And then pineapples on pizza is a yay or a nay? I think pineapples on pizzas is definitely a yay. I think I have to be in a mood for pineapple with pizza. Um, But I definitely, I would not completely exclude it. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Um, If you could have a superpower, what would it be? I'd want to breathe underwater. I think water is absolutely fascinating. Oh my God. You're the first guest who has that superpower. I love it. Yeah. I definitely secretly thought I was a mermaid when I was younger. (laughs) Like very disappointed when I learned that I wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, very disappointed that I had like lungs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is awesome. Okay, what is your favorite way to self-care? I love reading dramatic novels, like where there's romance and there's drama and there's a stepmother who does this and does I absolutely love it. Um, they're my one way to kind of check out to do something that I want to do. Um and I always feel better. <laughs> I love it so, so much. And I would love some book recommendations because I love those books too. <laughs> I will send them all your way. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. Um, and last question for you, what does balance mean to you? Oh, I love that question. Balance to, mean, to me means learning how to let go. Um, a lot of the times people are overwhelmed with a million and one tasks, guilty, that's me. Um, however, once you learn to be able to let things go, balance just comes naturally, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to prioritize comes naturally. Being able to pause things comes naturally because letting go is super hard, especially when you have that, you know, never ending list and you're like, I got to get it all done. Well, not really. Right. (laughs) Give yourself grace. You're only one person. Um, letting things go for sure. Ooh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Again, I think this was a really fun conversation. If you guys have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram and we can definitely redo an episode with any questions that you have. Um, thank you again so much for being on the podcast with me. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How was that episode for you? Let's do a quick check-in. I know this one was a little bit maybe more science-based. We're talking a little bit more about 
you know, our body and hormones and all of that good stuff. But I wanted to check in with you on how we feel. I think the biggest takeaway for me and what I really enjoyed us talking about was kind of like trusting our body through all processes. Because honestly, our body is so smart and knows exactly how to find homeostasis, which means balance, right? We don't need to micromanage. We shouldn't have to do any of that. We just get to trust. Our biggest job is really, really to nourish your body in a way that is, you know, meeting your needs. And once we do that, our body has all the ability to really find its balance. Um, and I think this process of letting go of the control and starting to trust our body is a beautiful one and a really hard one too. I think for a lot of us having spent years like distressing our body, this can be really hard, but also really great. And if you want support with this, you know where I'm at. Connect with me at The Balanced Dietitian on Instagram. And I'll be really, really happy to support you through this because although it is hard and maybe long work, it's also such a worthwhile ride. When you get to the other side of just being able to trust, nourish, and move on, I promise it is so, so worth it. On that note, my friend, I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode and I will catch you next week.